Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we are joined by community lead pastor Dave Ferguson as we kick off a brand new series, Decision 2016. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. And remember, you can always find us on Sundays at the Yellow Box at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m. We hope to see you there. I know there's been a lot of talk about a third-party candidate, and I'm here to announce I will not be running for president. (laughs) You don't really want more chaos, okay? I'll tell you what, um, today we're starting a brand new series, and it's going to be, we're going to have a good time with this. It's going to be called, it's called Decision 2016. And I'll tell you what, let's just do this, show of hands, just the very mention, okay, the very mention of politics, the possibility that I might talk about politics. How many of you immediately started feeling very uncomfortable, very stressed out, going, oh my gosh, no, not here too? Yes? All right, a whole bunch of you. Um, As we get closer to November, all right, I don't know if we've ever had a uh, kind of more polarizing kind of group of candidates. I don't think when you show who the possible candidates for president, I don't think it's supposed to evoke laughter, but that's what we got. Um, and some of us, you've already chosen a candidate, and, you're, and you feel passionate about it, right? Um, some of you, you're unsure. You're going like, how do I pick from that group? And <laughs> I'm not really soliciting applause. Um, I'm actually trying to stay very apolitical right now. Uh, and some of us are going like, I wish there was a third-party candidate. Um, But here's the thing. Let me push you on this. No matter what you decide in November, there are other decisions that you're going to make, as important as this one is, and I do think it's an important one, but there are other decisions you're going to make that are far more important than who is the next president of the United States. And so every week during this series, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of push on you. We're going to to put in front of you a decision that you need to make. And, uh, And here's the decision I want you to decide about today. Are you ready for it? The decision is this. Will you follow Jesus? Will you follow Jesus? Now, now some of you, um, you might be going, what does that even mean to, 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 choose, to choose to follow Jesus? Does, does that mean I, can, I get a chance to write him in on a ballot and I can vote for him in an election? I mean, if that's the case, that, that's my answer. I'm, I'm, I'm in. What does that mean? What does it mean to choose to follow Jesus? I mean, because I'm here at church, does that mean I chose him? I'm here. Well, we have to go back. I think we look back. In, in Luke, at Jesus' early ministry, in Luke chapter 9, one of the Gospels, I think we can better understand exactly what does it mean to choose Jesus. Up until this point, Jesus had run, if we kind of keep the metaphor, he had run a great campaign. Up until this point. He'd sent out his kind of campaign staff, also known as the disciples. They'd gone from village to village to village, kind of canvassing, right? He'd gotten his message out. He had a great ground game. Then he miraculously, he heals people of their sicknesses and of their diseases. Pretty good health care plan, huh? Doesn't cost anybody anything. We'll call it, oh, Jesus care. All right? <laughs> um, then after one of his rallies, he feeds 5,000 people. All 5,000 people gathered. Terrific social agenda. Anybody who's hungry, he feeds. And we don't have to raise taxes. <laughs> 
And so here we go. So right, so far we're on board, right? Jesus, he's running this amazing campaign. I mean, who wouldn't vote for Jesus? But then all of a sudden he says this. And here's what he says. In Luke 9, verse 23, he said, he says this to the crowd. Because here, understand, I mean, the crowds are swelling. They're getting large. They're, they're Bernie and Trump size. And all of a sudden he says this. He says, hey, if any of you now want to be my follower, you have to turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. Now, I'm not a political consultant, but I'll tell you what, that is a horrible campaign slogan, <laughs> right? Because what, what candidates do is they try to appeal to what you want, your benefit. And here he says, no, you got to deny yourself, take your cross, and follow me. So the question becomes, why in the world would he say this? I mean, what is Jesus trying to accomplish here? And here, here's what it is, and please hear me in this. Jesus wasn't, Jesus wasn't running for an elected office. It wasn't a popularity contest. What he came to do, he came to catalyze a movement of love that would change the world. And he knew to catalyze a movement of love that was going to change the whole world, it would take people who weren't just fans of his, but were actually followers. Not just fans, but Followers. And there's a big difference between being a fan and being a follower. Now, here, here in Chicago, I mean, we know what it's like to be a fan. I mean, this, this may be the greatest sports city in the world, right? And we got great teams, great teams that we are passionate about, right? For example, here we go. We got the Chicago Bears, right? Something we all agree on. We are loyal to the Bears. And then we also, we, we, we love the Hawks, right? Especially in the playoffs. Everybody loves the Hawks during the playoffs, right? And, and then you also, I mean, you have the Bulls. That seems pretty muto, but actually the Bulls, they have the highest attendance on the road and away games of any team in the NBA. And then, of course, you have my White Sox, who were doing awesome about a month ago. And it's hard to cheer for the last few weeks. And, of course, you have your beloved Cubs. And I know, this is the year, right? This is the year. Get it out of your system. Yeah, this is the year. But here's the thing, we love our team, and we are crazy fans, right? We're crazy fans in Chicago. But there's a difference between a fan and a follower. A fan, what a fan does, a fan cheers from the stands. But they don't actually sacrifice anything for the team. A fan knows all about the players, but they're not actually on the team. And the fan applauds, right, when the team is 20 games above 500. But when they slip below 500, then you're kind of like, well, I'll turn on a different channel. Maybe I'll ignore this game. We can kind of be fair weather. So when it comes to Jesus, this movement of love that he wants to catalyze, what he's looking for is followers, not fans. And here's the decision I want to put in front of every one of us. I mean, I mean literally every one of us for the first time or yet again. Are you a fan or are you a follower? I mean, just kind of let that sink in. Are you a fan or are you a follower? Because I think it's easy to fool ourselves. You know, it's easy to fool ourselves and think we're a follower when maybe we're just a fan. Because we come together once a week like this, right? And we cheer. We even put our hands up sometimes. Yeah. We take our seat in the stadium. We pull out our program to check the players. What's going on? We check how much time's left to go in the game. <laughs> right? And if we're honest, some of us, we are, we're really big fans. Big fans. We love this stuff. We know the team's songs. We rarely miss a game. And it kind of feels good to be a part of this fan nation. And I'll tell you what, the, the reason I know this, and I, I, kinda, I, I confessed this to my staff the other day, 
it's, it could be easy for me to be a fan. And here's where I'm coming from personally, okay? I love church. <laughs> like, I mean, I love everything about it. I love, I love uh, what churches do. I love the strategy behind starting churches. I love the statistics of churches. I love the leadership part of churches. I, I, love, all, I love the whole thing about churches. Does that make sense? I'm, a, I'm like a fan. And it's easy for me to actually love that, if I'm not careful, more than I actually love Jesus. Does that make sense? Now, that's just me. But I think every one of us, I want every one of us to do a little bit of a gut check today. I mean, every one of us. Am I, am I, am I a fan or am I really a follower? Well, later on in Luke 9, after Jesus kind of lays it out and says, here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for followers. He, has, he encounters three different people who say they want to be followers, but they actually get exposed as fans. I want to hit these real quick here. Here's what he says. Here's what happens with fan number one. He comes along. He says, as they're walking along the road, a man comes to him, comes to Jesus, says, hey, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says, okay, foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the son of man, he has no place to lay his head. So this guy with real enthusiasm says, hey, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to be a follower. And Jesus says, okay, I'm homeless. Now, what does that mean? I think what Jesus could see was right into the man's heart. And he knew what this man really meant is, I'll follow you as long as it's comfortable. But here's the thing. When you decide not just to be a fan, but to be a follower, it's not a life of comfort. When you're trying to catalyze a movement of love that changes the world, here's what Jesus says. No, here's what I have to have. My followers are prepared to make sacrifices for this cause. Followers deny themselves. Followers, from time to time, you have to take up your cross. And if following Jesus, please hang on to these words. If following Jesus costs you nothing, I think we need to ask ourselves, am I really following? If I only follow when it's comfortable, maybe I'm not really a follower. Maybe I'm a fan. Fan number two comes along. Fan number two comes along and he says this. And so Jesus, he says to another man, he's, Jesus does, follow me. But then the guy, the guy replies, well, well I, I will, but Lord, first, let me go and, <clears throat> let me go and buy uh, and bury my father. Well, Jesus responds, he says, well, you let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. <laughs> now, that seems pretty cold-blooded, doesn't it? Hold on, I can't even go to my dad's funeral? Well, actually, if, if we understand what, what, what's going on here, it was the son's responsibility for burying and taking care of the funeral arrangements for the entire family. And when he actually says this, he's not actually saying he wants to go to and bury his father. He's actually saying, let me go back home until my father ages to the point where he passes away and I take care of all those responsibility obligations. Then I'll follow you in a more convenient time. Does that make sense? That's what he's actually saying here. So fan number two is really saying this. He's saying this, I'll follow when it's convenient. Now, I don't know about you, but I mean, this, this, this kind of does hit home because I mean, it's easy. I like following Jesus when he's answering my prayers. I like following Jesus when the wisdom from the Bible applies to my life and my family and my work and it makes sense and, and, it, and it works in real life. I like it when I get to c- come together and huddle with people like you that we love each other. We're in community. I, I love that. All right? But the rest of the following part also means you rearrange your priorities. Your finances. God gets whatever God wants. Your schedule. When you're a follower, okay, Jesus gets whatever Jesus wants. 
your relationships. Just the way he says they're supposed to be, be. He gets whatever he wants. And when Jesus responds to that fan, he says this. He says, my followers, they will realign all of their priorities. For followers, okay, this is different than fans. Are you with me still? Everything becomes secondary to the call to follow Jesus and further his mission, this movement. It's a movement of love, man. That's supposed to change the whole world. This is, this is not for fans. He needs followers. So finally, then fan number three comes along. Fan number three comes along, and he says this. I'll follow you, Lord, says it to Jesus. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus said, listen, nobody who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. These are some hard sayings. He's basically saying this, saying, hey, if you're going to be a follower, you can't look behind. You can't look behind and remember all the old stuff and, keep, and drag that with you. That's kind of good news for a lot of us, right? But he's also saying, and you can't go back to the old ways where you were in charge of your life. No, because as a follower of mine, wherever I go, you go. Wherever I go, you go. Wherever I go, you go. You follow me. Being a follower means your priorities can no longer be this. Hear me on this. As a follower, it's not about your comfort. It's not about your convenience. And guess what? You don't get to be in control anymore. Because Jesus has come to bring God's kingdom to earth, a movement of love, and what he needs to accomplish that is not just fans who are cheering for him, but followers. So decision 2016, what will you decide? I would, I would love, I would love for every person from the front row to the very back rows, every one of you to decide, am I, am I a fan or a follower? And, and I, would, I would urge you, don't just settle for being a fan of church or a fan of Jesus, but really to be a follower of Jesus. Because <clears throat> I've been praying about this. I've just kind of felt in my spirit that for some of you, you're going to, for the very first time today, decide, okay, the very first time you're going to decide to follow Jesus the very first time. And I've had enough experience with it. I know for some of you, like right now, your heart's kind of racing a little bit, and you find yourself, even as we sing songs and you're here in church, you find yourself being kind of emotional. Let, let me interpret that experience. What that experience is, that's God's spirit saying, come on, follow me. He's saying, come on, follow me. And in fact, what we want to do as a part of having a baptism service today is we want to give you the opportunity, okay? You may not have been planning on this, but to be baptized today. And because being baptized today, you're publicly declaring that you're a follower of Jesus. <clears throat> From the very beginning, way back, in, way back at the very beginning of the church, that's how people, as soon as they decided to be a follower, they were baptized. They made a commitment to Jesus, they were baptized. As soon as they said yes to Jesus, they were baptized. And we're going to ask you to do the exact same thing. We'd love to have you be a part of that. For some of you, you know what? This is going to be the, the first time, really. Let's go to the next slide. Where you follow Jesus for real. I mean, for real. I mean, other people think you're a follower. But if you're honest, in your heart of hearts, you're going, I don't know. I think I've been mostly a fan. Kind of from the sidelines, up in the grandstands. But today, I'm going to be all in. And maybe for you, too. We're going to give you a chance in a moment. For you, too. Maybe, maybe you're going to say yes to Jesus. And you're going to say, you know what? I'm in. I, I got it. I got to do it, or I may never do it, and I'm, I'm going to get baptized. And something that's just kind of a little different than what we do, usually do around here, we're going to give you a chance, actually, when we do communion, to get up out of your seats and actually go to the back of the room. And you go back there, and there'll be people that will be back there to greet you and take you through the whole process so you can be baptized today and say, I am not just a fan, I am a what? Help me out, I'm a what? 
I'm a follower. That's right. Now, here's the thing, too. Let's be honest. Jesus, he, he's kind of, he can be kind of a polarizing figure. I mean, kind of like the candidates we got right now. Right? He can be a polarizing figure. And here's why. Because he understands he doesn't need just fans, okay, but to accomplish his mission, this movement that's gonna, of love, he needs followers. And so that's why he says this. He says, he says, if you want to be my follower, you've got to turn from your selfish ways. You take your cross. Now, every step of the day, every day, you follow me. And maybe some of you are like, well, why, why would I want to do that? This, this sounds really hard. Why should I? Because Jesus knows something. He knows this. And he makes the greatest invitation you've ever been offered. And here it is. He follows it up with the very next verse. He explains, whoever wants to save your life, if you want to save your life, you want to live a meaningful life, okay? If you try to save it on your own, in your own control, your own convenience, your own comfort, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose it on your own. But if whoever loses their life by following me, actually, the paradox is you're going to save it. Your life is going to have meaning. It's going to have purpose. And you're also going to have an eternity with Jesus. So it's decision 2016. And here's my prayer. My prayer today that one way or another, every one of us in this room, I mean 100%, will say, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm not going to be a fan, but I am a follower. I'm going to ask the band to come on out here. And... Um, we're going to kind of move into what we're calling a kind of a decision time. And it's a decision time for really um, both communion and, and also baptism. According to Jesus in the Bible, there's two ways that you can declare yourself a follower, okay, and not just a fan. And once a week, every, every week we do this. We come together as a, as a family and we take communion. And uh, in a moment, you're going to have the opportunity to get up out of your seats and uh, to come forward and take communion. We have stations up here and here and here, also up there, down here. You can probably see them that are closest to you. And we, we would ask you kind of lo- just logistically, if you would, if you just kind of move to your right, come down, take communion, and then come back up to your left. Move to your right, right, and then come back to your left. But here's the other thing. We're also going to give you the opportunity uh, to be baptized today. Um, and so as you get up, We'd ask you, just just go to the back of the room. There's people back there that are ready to greet you, uh, to host you, to walk you very simply through this process because you're making a decision today to declare yourself a follower of Jesus. Now, even as I'm talking, I know know some of you are are thinking, well, man, maybe, maybe I should do that. But then come all the questions that hold you back. Questions like, um, you know, I was baptized as a baby, so do I do this again? And I would say some of us that we were Christians in the church, I mean, that is a credit to your parents and, and, your, and their investment in you spiritually. But that was your parents' choice. This is the opportunity for you to choose to be a follower of Jesus. And as we read the New Testament, two things were always true about baptism. One, it was, it was a choice that that person made. They made their own choice. But then secondly... It was something that was done in water and, and, and through immersion. So we'd encourage you, you know what? If, if, if you're thinking about that, do that today. Make this your choice. Get baptized. Some of you, um, maybe you were baptized before as an adult and you're going like, should I do it again? Because I'm kind of feeling like maybe I should. Well, the Bible says you only need to get baptized once. But here's the thing. For there have been times when I've seen people who make a public redeclaration. It's like, it's like, no, I, I need this moment. 
And it's kind of like a, a marriage maybe that falls on hard times. Maybe they even separate and then they get back together. And then, and then they, need, they, need a, they don't need to get married again, but maybe that's a, a, a public declaration, kind of a recommitment of their vows. And so if this, is, if this is a meaningful experience for you and you need that moment, we want to support you in that. I'll tell you what, you just get up, you go to the back of the room, and you tell them, say, hey, you know what? No, I need to do this today. I had somebody last week come right up here and was talking about getting baptized this week, and they said, you know what? I feel like I need to get my act together before I get baptized. And I, and I as, as nice as I could, I said, baptism isn't for people who have their act together. Baptism is for people who don't have their act together and know they need God. Right? It's kind of like a bath. You don't take a, you don't get cleaned up before you take a bath, right? You take a bath to get cleaned up. And that's what baptism is. And if you don't have your act together, then I encourage you, hey, and you know you need God, let's get baptized today. Maybe there's other things like, you know, I want my kids to see it. I want you to, hey, we, we're going to bring in all the kids up there on the, on the skybox so they, can, so they can watch this whole thing. Maybe you said, you know, I got family and friends that wanted to observe this. We're actually going to have photographers. They're going to take pictures. You, so you can share it with all of them, put it on Facebook, Instagram. You can put it wherever you want. You'll have it forever, right? Maybe some of you, you're getting really specific. I want to do it, but what do I do? Do I do it in these clothes? I mean, I didn't bring a towel or anything. Well, here's the deal. Uh, Lupe Coulter and their whole team, they thought of everything. They, uh, they have free T-shirts for everybody, just like Grace, free T-shirts in your size. We got shorts, we got towels, we got Ziploc bags for all your valuables. I think she told me they even have underwear. They have extra underwear if you're, if you're worried about that, all right? They thought of everything. We got blow dryers afterwards, so if you're afraid of how you're going to look, you'll still look pretty afterwards, okay? We have an entire team of people that are going to say, hey, they want to serve you to make this the best possible experience. Let me just say, if any way you're thinking about this, and this will be a marker for you, are you hearing me on this? If this will be a marker for you and, and you being a follower, let's do it today, all right? Let's do it for today. I'll tell you, I would like, we already have some people who are going to, who are planning on being baptized today. Let's just give them that are going to be doing that some encouragement. Absolutely. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to ask you, um, let's all stand. I'm going to have a word of prayer. And then uh, we're going to enter into a time of communion and really a time of decision. And uh, during this time, if... Uh, when you come forward to take communion, make this a moment where you're saying, I am a follower, not a fan. For others of you, okay, go to the back of the room. Go to the back of the room. Find our people back there who will, are, who will host you and say, you know what? No, I, I need to do this. I need, this needs to be a marker. I need to be baptized today because I am, I am determined to be a follower, not just a fan. All right, let's pray together. Father God, in this moment, I'd ask that, uh, that your Holy Spirit be at work. And I'd ask that, um, that for every one of us, that this become a moment that really is marked in time. Where we say, you know what? I am not just a fan. I don't just agree with. I don't just cheer this stuff on. I don't just like this on Facebook. But you know what? No, this is the, what I'm trading my life for. I am a follower of Jesus. Let this be that kind of a moment. And give us, every one of us in this room, the courage, the courage to act that way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.